If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of The Bunker Labs branding team. Today on The Transition, I challenge conventional wisdom by encouraging you to build a better mousetrap, i.e. build upon an existing product or service that's already in the marketplace, rather than trying to come up and market a new idea right out the gate, especially if you're a first-time founder or find yourself in a bit of a revenue lull. Before we jump into the show, do me a favor and subscribe to the Transition Podcast on your favorite podcast hosting platform and kindly leave us a review. Reviews are helpful in allowing us to get the word out about the show so we can connect with other veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. What is going on, Bunker? It's your boy, Iron Mike. Today, we're going to be talking about why I think you should build a better mousetrap, or at the very least, consider it, with the caveat that a better mousetrap isn't enough. So when you come into this ecosystem and you decide to start your first business, right, what typically happens? Like most of us, we get really passionate about this idea that doesn't exist yet, and we're going to bring it to market, and we're going to make a lot of money. Because we believe that this is the next big thing. But I got up this morning to do some reading because it's part of my like daily practice. You know, I go work out, do CrossFit. Then I try to grab some coffee and read for at least 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm going through this book called The Entrepreneur's Playbook by Leonard C. Green. And in the first chapter of the book, one of the things he says is, don't start with a completely new idea. Instead, he challenges you to start with the market need which is just a fancier way of saying that you want to come up with a better mousetrap. Now, I feel like most of the time we're getting coached on starting businesses, people tell us not to do that, right? Because a better mousetrap is just competing on price, you know, or just trying to say that you're the better version of this or better version of that. And all it does is make people think more about it. But what he's actually getting at is this. Sometimes coming up with a new idea out the gate is too hard, right? And there are no, there's no guarantees when it comes to success. And what I'm going to challenge you all to do is, depending on what stage you're at in your entrepreneurial journey, hell, you could be just coming out the gate fresh, or you could be in the fight now looking for new lines of revenue. Ask yourself, hey, what's something out there in the market already that I can improve upon? And I'm using an example of my gym, okay? So my girlfriend lives in Harlem, and when I go see her, I like to make sure that I work out because it was becoming a thing because living in Newark, I'm like almost an hour away. And, you know, I stay with her in the city, but I get butt hurt because, you know, I want to go to the gym. And so what I ended up doing was just get another gym membership. So I got two gym memberships. I got one here in Newark, a CrossFit gym, and another gym membership in Harlem at a, at a gym called JDR Barbell, which is a barbell club. And I'm going to break that down here in a second. So you know, I go to the gym, I work out on the weekends, and I freaking love it. And the reason I want to talk about JDI Barbell is because 
you know, over the last several years, not even several years, really, probably like 15 years since like CrossFit entered the scene, people are more susceptible to training with a barbell. Like back in the day, unless you were like a collegiate athlete, um, like the average American wasn't like going to the, the gym and being like, oh, I need to knock out a set of five by five or three by five, you know, back squats and presses and stuff, et cetera, right? That's a, like a still a relatively new phenomenon. And so you got older people doing it. You got younger people doing it. It's a way that people train. And a lot of that was credited to the rise of, you know, CrossFit and their whole movement about functional fitness. And then they start to do a lot more teaching and do group classes, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I've been doing CrossFit personally since around 2012. I got my level one certification. You know, I did like multiple stuff. I competed in competitions. Love CrossFit. But as I've gotten older, right, and being an entrepreneur, things have kind of changed for me, right? Like I don't have all the time in the world to go to the gym. And the other thing about it is, you know, CrossFit has a tendency to beat you up a little bit. And when I, when you feel like you're going to go to a class and get slayed, it kind of makes you not want to go, if I'm being honest, especially when you're getting beat up as an entrepreneur. And so fitness these days for me, as much as it's about taking care of my body, it's also like a form of meditation for me. Like it lets me think. It lets me get on the offense, right? I did a whole episode on that, but I have to make it enjoyable. I have to make it easy for myself. And so I've adopted more kind of traditional strength training. So like five by five, I'm doing this program called Starting Strength, Starting Strength by uh, Mark Ripito. And it's just a different workout than CrossFit. So at my gym, right, they got the classes going and stuff. But in the morning, I go there and I'm like OFP. I'm on my own program. I do the Starting Strength program. I still talk to people in the class. I talk to the coaches, et cetera. Now, in New York, though, my gym, JDI, is a barbell club. So there's not any real classes like CrossFit. It's not a CrossFit gym, right? It's more of like a powerlifting gym and, you know, just a traditional, like, old school, grungy, strength training gym. And I absolutely love it. And so what they realized was there were a lot more people like me. Like, a lot of people were starting to get introduced to barbell training, you know, maybe through CrossFit or maybe through their collegiate sport. And then they realized, like, hey, I don't actually want to train that way anymore, right? And I want to do CrossFit. And like, again, I'm not competing anymore, but I wouldn't mind coming in and maybe doing a powerlifting competition or something, even just an amateur something, something that's just a little less taxing, you know, on my body because not all powerlifters, you know, the casual, the casual powerlifter, they're just doing it to kind of be healthy and use it as a hobby instead of like, you know, just trying to get big and bulky for like no reason, right? So what did JDI Barbell do? They found an existing opportunity, which is barbell training. And instead of doing the classes like regular CrossFit gyms, they created this kind of dungy gym where people can come in and work on their lifts and stuff by themselves. And all they do offer coaching and they do offer they do offer some classes. It's vastly different than like what you see in a CrossFit gym. Additionally, JDI has 24 hour access. So if it's late at night and I want to go work out by myself, boom, I walk to the gym, I put press a little app that they gave me, and I'm able to get in and access the gym. I wish my CrossFit gym in Newark had that capability because, you know, there's a lot of times where I just want to work in, I want to uh, work out on off hours, 
but I can't do that because at uh, my CrossFit gym, it's called a rival CrossFit, by the way, there's got to be a coach in there to open the gym for you. Okay. So JDI modified an existing opportunity, right? And what that lets you know is that there's already a market need. You, you still have to go through the process of the five stages of small business growth and, you know, validate your idea and start driving some sales and stuff. But like, if I had to go back in time when the, I think his name is Jesse Isra and his partners who decided to start JDI Barbell, you know, they knew that there were people that were already kind of paying for this kind of service, right? So they didn't have to reinvent anything from scratch. They just kind of had to modify it a bit. And then I'm telling you, for first-time entrepreneurs, we got to get better at just getting some freaking reps in. Now, I think I'm on my fourth or fifth venture at this point, but the first two, I ain't really count because I make no money. You know, Fighting Mojo, I think I lost money on Fighting Mojo, and I did a little stuff here and there. But I'm counting my real ventures as Ironbound Boxing, Ironbound Media, and more recently, Flawless Acceleration, okay? And I will tell you, I've gotten better at each and every one. But, you know, Ironbound Boxing is really hard. I learned a lot of lessons along the way. If I had to go back in time, though, you know, I should have just done something a little bit easier just to get the reps in. But, you know, you figure it out. We're where we are now. Life is good. I have no complaints. All I'm trying to say is that to learn this art and science of being a successful entrepreneur, you have to get reps in. And for early founders, right, or, you know, for all of us, really, you know, just get some easy wins. Sometimes you just need some easy wins. Now, I said, okay, this not only applies to first-time entrepreneurs, but let's say myself, for example. Okay, I launched Ironbound Media. We've been producing podcasts for like the last three years, but we can't just keep running the same play. This ain't Navy football, right? For anybody that goes to the academy who's familiar with the, the Naval Academy and our football program, we run the triple option like over and over and over, and people catch on. And it's like, it's no secret. Like, oh, Navy's to the line. They're going to run the triple option again. You can't do that in business. The market changes, stuff shifts, right? And you've got to improvise, adapt, and overcome. So then you say to yourself, okay, let's say I have this service, for example, podcasting, and revenue's down, all right? But instead of freaking out and you, about it, say, okay, how can I modify what we already have, what people are already demonstrated and are willing to pay for and adjust? And one of the things that you're seeing a lot of agencies do that honestly I might think about doing is offering a monthly subscription for services. Now, people don't really like retainers and words have meaning, okay? And when people think of retainer, they're like, oh, I'm gonna pay this person an X number of dollars a month on an hourly basis or a package or something. And they get paid when they're not like working full-time and stuff, et cetera. And what I have experienced is that over time, people devalue you. Right. So they value early on. They're all excited. But after three months or six months and a year, they're like, why do we have them on retainer again? As opposed to a subscription. Right. Where, you know, for a service business, you know, kind of taking advantage of what we're seeing in the more SaaS model and saying, OK, hey, for a, a monthly subscription fee, you get access to this, this and this. Right. Whether you use it or not. Right. You still kind of have access to this. And so, you know, I sell podcast packages, but maybe I'll offer a monthly subscription, okay? The other thing I could do is my buddy, who I partner with on everything, he does my podcast cover art, he does my websites, he does like a lot of the freaking every logo, Drew O'Brien from the design company, shout out to Drew, 
Love supporting veterans. I actually put him in my book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur. And maybe I'll get him on here to talk about it. But he's design agency. Um, he offers a subscription. And I pay him $1,000 a month for him to serve as essentially our CMO. And then also, you know, produce the assets and things that we need, right? And if I want more juice and horsepower, then I can increase the subscription price. Now, it's not like this is anything revolutionary, right? And again, I know, well, Mike, that sounds like a retainer. But like I said before, subscription sounds a little bit better for certain people. And what I can do is say, hey, Drew, you've already got this subscription going for $1,000 a month. Let's add another $1,000 and offer it to clients. And as part of this subscription, they potentially get, you know, one or two podcast episodes a month. All right. So he already has clients paying for this subscription. I am one of them. Right. And now I can approach him and say, hey, what do you think about offering that with X? All right. So we've identified a proven market already. And then we're just modifying it a little bit. Right. That's what he's talking about um, in Entrepreneur's Playbook. Because ideas are a dime a dozen. It's all about the execution. And some ideas just aren't feasible. But you don't know what you don't know, right? There's so many ideas that have just died because they just came out too early. And this is something that I am constantly coaching my clients through of like, listen, I know when we come from these military backgrounds, right? We, we know we accomplish the mission. But in what you're doing as an entrepreneur, and just life in general, you can do everything right and still lose. And that's a hard lesson to learn. It is freaking brutal. And it could knock you down to your knees. But if you're going to be in this game and you want to be here for the long term, you got to just accept it's the cost of doing business. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to empower you all with the tools to keep you alive as long as possible. So you have some staying power. You can learn what you need to learn and then get yourself to the next level. Because, you know, like I think about me even sitting here on this platform with you all. When I started my business, when I, when I quit my full-time job in 2018, I could not see three months ahead of me. It was like uh, Star Wars. The future was clouded. It was dark. I couldn't see it. But the more I stay alive, the more I stay in the game, the better I get. And that's why it's important for me to read, drop these insights to you all on this platform. This gives me the practice of, you know, sharing the content, researching the content, and just getting a lot of prac apps in, you know, thinking through it live. Well, it's not necessarily live, but thinking through it on the podcast um, with you all. So let's make this actionable. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what products and services you're already offering if you are currently in business. And if you're not, and you're thinking about getting in business, I want you to consider an existing product or service that you can modify, right? So what we're going to focus on now is not just coming up with any crazy radical new ideas. We're going to modify existing ideas. And by the way, one thing I forgot to mention was I met Leonard C. Green in person because I got coached by him on the Veterans Playbook TV show that I got featured in a few months ago. And we recorded like we recorded a while ago, maybe like four or five months ago. And one of the exercises that he did with me, I got to sit down with Leonard and he like put a coffee cup on, on the table and asked me, how can I get more value out of that coffee cup? Like, what can you do to modify it? And I said, well, you could make it recyclable. You could maybe figure out a way to put a heater on it 
maybe something to keep it cool. Maybe you can add more handles. Like I was just throwing out a bunch of ideas. And what he essentially he was trying to get me to do was just think through different ways you can modify an existing product. And so that's what I want to challenge you to do. I hope today's episode was helpful. Like I've been saying before, I want to hear from you. It warms my heart when you all send me messages, letting me know how impactful that podcast was or little nuggets that you pulled from it. I know I did the episode on entrepreneurship through acquisition with one of my business partners, Jeff Evenson. And I got a long, a heartfelt message from an entrepreneur that was unaware of buying businesses and is going to look down that route. So I want to hear from you. Just message me. Drop me a line on LinkedIn, Iron Mike Stedman. Shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org. I'll also be sure to include a link to the Entrepreneur's Playbook in the show notes. I'm going to do a lot more reading. I'm continuing to do a lot more teaching. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back, y'all. I think I've probably done 15 to 20 solo episodes. And each time I do them, they're hard because I just got to be in a quiet space. And it's hard as you, when you're an entrepreneur because it feels like your mind is always racing. You're constantly thinking about the future. But, you know, I got to slow down and think and not only just read the books and the content, but share it with you all. And here's what I'll tell you. I read so you all don't have to. Okay, so if I'm giving you nuggets, any book I read and I share with you, it's got value in it because I wouldn't take the time to do it if I didn't think it was important. And so I've got some more nuggets that I want to pull out of this one in future episodes. And then I think I need to crack open The Minimalist Entrepreneur by Sahal Lavingia. He's somebody that that book has just been amazing to me. It really helped me get Ironbound Media to the next level because I was white knuckling it like most of y'all. And it just gave me a great framework and a way to think. And, you know, I share that with every one of my clients. I'm like, okay, I think you need to read The Minimalist Entrepreneur. And one thing I got to get done outside of this podcast is I got to get the audio book finished for Black Veteran Entrepreneur. So I'm under the wire, y'all. I got till December 7th. So I'm about to go in monk mode this weekend, lock myself in my apartment and uh, crank it out along with my business partner, Alana Abernathy. She's over, she's in California, but we're going to be jumping on our online recording studio and cranking that out. So I am in the trenches with you and I'm just trying to pass on this knowledge. So when I say lift as we climb, that's what this is talking about. You know, what's the point of making it to the mountaintop? I'm the only one there. I love nothing more than to rise together so we can keep building and support one another. Until next time, y'all, peace, love, have a great rest of your week.